Welcome to Fire Football Radio. I'm your host, Matt McGrath, alongside Zach Schmola and Luigi Capola Jr. as a special guest this week. This is the third episode of the Fire Football Radio Show. And as a reminder, we'll be live from the store studio every Wednesday night on WHUS Stores 91.7 from 6 to 7 to bring you the latest news, rumors, and more about America's game and the league we all know and love, the NFL. We are currently in the middle of week three of the NFL season, coming off a very injury-filled and tight matchup week two. So, Luigi and Zach, how are we doing? Doing good today, Matthew. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Zach? Doing fantastic. I'm excited to get into some of this stuff we got for this week. It was a pretty important week, week two. Week two is an important week, but we're moving on to week three. So, week two in review, a couple injuries. <coughs> Excuse me. 49ers uh, offensive tackle Joe Staley is out for eight weeks with a broken fibula, so they'll have to move on. What do you think about that, Luigi? It's going to be tough to put a put a replacement in for your 49ers there? Listen, they don't have a second left tackle on the roster right now. They got some right tackles they could fill in with and some interior linemen like Justin Skule, who's uh, McGlinchey's backup, but... That's a big guy. That's Joe Staley. He's been there for years. He's, He's been important for years, yeah. Absolutely. He's a guy that they lean on, especially at that left tackle spot, to protect Jimmy Garoppolo, who needs all the help he can get right now. So he's a stable on that offensive line. Moving on, Drew Brees out six weeks with a torn ligament in his throwing thumb. Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill will both split time at QB. I know, Luigi, we were talking about this earlier. You think that's, that's going to be a good option for them moving forward? Uh, listen, both of these guys are very dynamic in their play styles. They bring a little bit more than Drew Brees does with their legs. The accuracy goes away because all of us know Drew Brees is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL right now, and I think we could all agree on that. But two quarterbacks could be detrimental, or it could be the thing that they need to carry them through to a win. I mean, I think it's going to be tough either way, losing Drew Brees, a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, he is in his later years, but I don't think Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill is a fair replacement for him going forward. But Ben Roethlisberger is also out for the year, another big quarterback in the hall, who will be a future Hall of Famer who will not spend much time in the NFL this year. He's having elbow surgery, and rookie Mason Rudolph will start. I know Zach's big on Mason Rudolph. What do you think? Well, second year Mason Rudolph, and I'm big on him because he led the college football in touchdowns and yards for a very long time, right? Yeah. He, he, he no, was he was he was a, a monster. He was a monster in college. Um, I guess we'll find out if he can transition it to the NFL. But I mean, James Washington's stock goes up. I mean, they had a lot of connections in college. Right. I know you like him. I guess we'll find out. I mean, we'll talk about that later. But moving on, Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup out two to four weeks with a surgery on his meniscus. Has played well in the first two weeks of the season, and the. Uh, Cowboys will have to move on from there. Darius Leonard is out with a concussion in Week 3. David Njoku is also out with a concussion after getting slammed by a Jets linebacker this past week on Monday night. He will probably miss Week 3 in concussion protocol. And Jets backup QB Trevor Simeon is out for the year with an ankle surgery, and Luke Falk will start. So Jets not looking too great to start the season. Sam Darnold is already out with mono. And Trevor Simeon, your backup from the Broncos, is out. So, I mean, there's not much you can do now, right? <laughs> Having no. a third-string quarterback in. This was a bad offense that just got worse. Yeah, absolutely. Washington State produced a good Luke Falk, 
but can he be a good quarterback in the NFL? That's the real question. I mean, we'll find out. But finally, Deshaun Jackson has an eight, an ab strain and will be out for two weeks with the Eagles. So that'll be tough for them. He's played very well in these last two weeks. Missed a lot of time in week two game. But in week one, he had over 100 yards, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, this is going to be a big issue for them, especially with Alshon Jeffrey out as well. I mean, that receiving core is kind of dwindling. Zach Ertz is going to get a lot of work, but... They're going to probably look for a lot of work out of that tandem at running back and Zach Ertz, but DJX as the deep threat missing in week three and week four is going to be a big issue for them. He's played very well in his comeback in Philly, and so those are the injuries for the week. Uh, just a reminder, the call-in number is 860-486-9487 if you're interested in calling in and giving your thoughts on the NFL, what, whatever it may be, whatever we will be talking about for the show, or whatever or whatever you would like to talk about, we would love to accept some calls. For, so as a reminder, the call number is 860-486-9487. So moving on, we'll talk about a couple topics as we go through. So the state of the Bears, I know Zach wanted to talk about this, uh, mainly that a stat came out today earlier on Bleacher Report that Trubisky has passed 27.8% of his passes that are uncatchable. It's a ridiculous stat. If you think about what that entails, if they throw the ball four times on a drive or on a set of four downs, I mean, that's one pass where he's throwing it, you can't even catch it. I mean, 27% of the time he's throwing a ball that you can't catch. I mean, I wasn't too hot on Trubisky coming out of college myself, out of UNC. But, I mean, this is pretty pretty disheartening for the Bears here. The defense hasn't been playing that well. They beat the Broncos by two points. They shouldn't have beat the Broncos. They got a Broncos got a very late two-point conversion, and the Bears drove down and kicked their field goal. But On a lucky penalty, we got to add. I mean, this is a Bears team that people were talking about being Super, super Bowl contenders at the beginning of the year. Um and now, to see the state that they're in now, I guess we'll see how they do this week. But You know, we'll see how they do this week, but we'll take this caller number one right now. Let's see. Caller number one, can you hear us? I don't believe he's on the line anymore, so we'll we'll take that off. But, yeah, no, Trubisky... I don't know. There's been a lot of mixed feelings about Trubisky. I know the defense, their turnover ratio was incredible last year, as we talked about, and it probably will not happen again. So he was put into so many positions, um, starting off ready to score, and now this year like it's pretty unrealistic for that to happen again. I mean, to go from being compared, I know this is a drastic comparison, but being compared to an 85 Bears defense... That is one of the greatest compliments you could get as a defense. It really and is. And going to play in these past two games, barely squeaking by against the Broncos team, who, let's be honest, is very subpar this year. A team that needs a lot of help. And that Bears offense, it, it relies on Trubinsky being stop, solid. He needs to be solid. He doesn't have the greatest receiving core. He's got Allen Robinson, who's a decent guy. He's got Taylor Gabriel, decent guy, but... He doesn't have any studs. He needs to make that offense look presentable enough for that defense to carry. And, I mean, don't put it all on him. His defense needs to help him out a little bit. He relies on them. They're not playing horrible, but they need to step it up a little bit and be more like they were last year. 100%. I mean, we'll see how they do uh, for the rest of the, Who are they playing this week? Let's see. 
Uh, oh, Bears, Redskins, Redskins Monday, Monday night, night football, at yep. the Redskins. Yeah, at the Redskins, zero and two. Bears are one and one. Um, I don't know. Good I, chance for Trubisky to prove that he is not as bad as that stat shows. Right. Yeah. Because I truly don't think he's that bad of a quarterback like that. He's made some great plays in his his years as a Bear, but you know, he's just got to prove himself. He's got to prove himself. Yeah, no, he's definitely got to prove himself. I mean, we'll see this week. But moving on, uh, the state of the Dolphins, I know Zach wanted to touch on. Minka Fitzpatrick traded to the Steelers for a first-round pick, and almost everybody wants out of there. Simply put, Matt, I think this might be, top to bottom, the worst roster talent-wise that I've seen. I mean, how could you get much worse than the 2019 Miami Dolphins? You lose Xavier Howard. That's I, how. You <laughs> lose. I, well, they already lost Minka Fitzpatrick, so that's that was probably their most talented player on defense besides Xavier Howard, and probably their most talented player overall besides Xavier Howard. So, I mean, really, the only place to go from here is down. Even though, I mean, the spot they're already in. It, I mean, it's not trending up at all. No, clearly. I saw I saw a question today that actually piqued my interest very much. What happens first? Do you think uh, the Dolphins win a game or the Patriots lose a game? The Dolphins win a game or the Patriots lose a game? Oh, that's real tough. I'd have to look deep into that. Yeah, Miami I'd have to look into the deep in, deep Patriots into the Miami team. schedule and deep into the Patriots schedule. That Patriots team is I oh, mean unbelievable. They have a twenty-three point spread against the Jets this week. It's ridiculous. I mean, Unbelievable. The Jets, the Jets also are on. I'm so tired of it. But we're going to try to put on Caller 1 for right now. Caller 1, can you hear us? Caller 1, can you hear us? Line was cut, unfortunately, so we'll drop that. Hopefully, maybe someone will call in and we'll be able to get it on air. But, oh, right back at you. We'll see. We'll try it again. Caller 1, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, Cliff, what's going on, baby? Hey, how's it going? It's Cliff over in Middlebury, Connecticut. How's everything going? Good. How are you? We're out in stores, Connecticut, myself, Zach Schmola, and Luigi. How are you doing, Cliff? I'm doing phenomenal. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Of course. You got anything specific to talk about? Yeah, so I know you're a big Giants fan, as you and me both know. Of course. Um, my question for you is, what kind of um, week do you think Daniel Jones is going to have, and what do you think would be a successful week compared to a not-so-successful week for him? I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, obviously, it's a huge change for the Giants. The Giants haven't really started anyone other than Eli in the last 16 years, other than that Geno Smith Ben McAdoo game, which I will never get over. But <laughs> moving on with Daniel Jones, I mean, looking just at the preseason, I feel like it's obviously a good decision for them. I did not expect it to be this early. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I think personally that Daniel Jones is going to figure it out. And honestly, if he doesn't figure it out, I'd rather – honestly, here, here's the deal. I would rather have a 3-4 to four win season with Daniel Jones than a 5-11 and 11 season with Eli Manning. I, I, would you yeah. guys agree? Yeah, that has experience to. is key, absolutely. And to your point of uh, what would be successful for a good, successful Daniel Jones game, I think getting out there, not throwing a pick, playing a solid game, being able to manage the game would be successful. If he gets out of there with no picks at the end of the night, I think he'll put that down in the book as a success. Now, I think a win is reasonable to expect out of this game. They're playing the Buccaneers. Yeah, that too. It's, that too. Yeah, it's reasonable. It's going to be a tough game, though, 
it, like it'll it would be a lot easier if his first game was at home. You know, yeah. he's got the crowd, the home crowd behind him. I mean, not that Tampa Bay is a terrible place to play. Like, he's not going to Minnesota or Green Bay or something like that. But, you know, the comfort of being in MetLife, you know, where he played most of his preseason games, it would be more comfortable for him. Um, but, Cliff, I know you're a big Jets fan. I, <laughs> after this week, I, you got you got anything to talk about with that? So, I think, honestly, um, Luke Falk, I think he actually didn't look too bad. It's just the problem was that his offensive line is so just – it's not – where it should be right now and that's a big um disservice to him and then obviously to Trevor I mean he just got just whacked by that um defense um by the Browns and then obviously Odell Beckham Jr. you know catching a touchdown pass which I know you were happy about no I mean I'm not he's not playing for the Giants anymore so I don't really care oh I thought he was still your guy but I mean he is he'll always be my guy but you know not not catching touchdowns for other teams unfortunately yeah, but I would definitely say going forward, the Jets, their defense is obviously their strong point. They need to build on the offense, get that team a number one receiver, and then bring on a stud offensive lineman. And then that's really what they really need to do to bring in that offense. Because they have Chris Herndon, who's a very good young talent. Um, he showed a little bit of something last year. And then you have some good receivers and Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson. If you add that true number one, and then when Anunwa comes back next year, you have a pretty good receiving core. And then obviously adding Le'Veon Bell, that's a pretty um, dangerous offense if Sam Darnold comes back healthy. I mean, that's the question, though, if he can really pull that offense together. and the, I mean, obviously the defense gave up 23 points, um, yeah. and it was the Browns, but the Browns are a lot better than they used to be. So, I mean, we'll see. They definitely, from my perspective, they definitely need a star-wide receiver. They're missing out on that. Quincy Anunua is you know out for the year again, so we thought he was going to be something in, in uh, New York, but... I mean, we'll see, but I really appreciate you calling in, Cliff. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll try to have you again, you know, of for course, for some more time. Yeah, sure. So I want to ask, who do you think has the better season overall, the Giants or the Jets? Who's going to have, not just record-wise, but who do you think is going to have a more successful season, whether it's developing um, player personnel and whatnot? That's a solid question. I mean, it'd be biased from my perspective, so I'm going to let <laughs> Luigi and Zach take that. But we're going to, we're, I'm sorry, Cliff, we're going to drop you off here for your last question, but we really appreciate okay. you coming on. Yeah, no worries at all. You guys have a great rest of the night. You too, Cliff. You too. And I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I think, uh, I think that Jets team will come out with a better season than the Giants. Um, playing Daniel Jones will be a key to the Giants' future success because, as everyone knows, experience is key in any business. But right now, the Jets have the better chance to be a better team. They could be put into a better situation uh, through getting this year under their belts, getting through this whole quarterback debacle, getting through Quincy Inunua being hurt, building that defense, and ending up at the year with a solid four to five wins. That doesn't really matter because they know they're not going to get to the Super Bowl. They're not going to be in the playoffs. They have that Patriots who they're not going to even get through. No, they're not going to win the division, even with the Bills, too. I mean, they still have to play the Bills. They already played in week one, and... Gave up a 16-point lead after the half, which was pretty bad. But, you know, what do you think, Zach? I think it was an important distinction that he made between who's going to have the better record and who's going to have the more productive season. Because I think the Jets are going to have the better record. That Giants defense is just too terrible right now. Yeah, no. The Giants are still in rebuild, obviously. In terms of productive season, I think Daniel Jones steals two or three wins this season and takes a strong step forward for next season. I agree. And 
Sam Darnold being out for eight weeks, I mean, that's their young talent. That's who they're building around. For him to be gone for half the season, that's not productive at all. I mean, no, it's not. This it's, is going to yeah. be a very important year for the New York Giants. Very important. I mean, clearly it's an era change right here in week three from going from two-time Super Bowl MVP Eli Manning, who's been subpar for the last, what, six years, to move on to a fresh, fast, you know, um, accurate, accurate, you know, tight spiral throwing quarterback from Duke, who a lot of people doubted coming into the season, and then he showed out. Went what twenty nine for thirty five on? He only had uh, no twenty nine for thirty four. He only had five incompletions in the preseason. Had like a hundred thirty six point something passer rating and threw two touchdowns. So I mean, it's obviously looking up from there. I mean, we'll see what happens. As the season moves forward, but I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking promising on this season. I, think I would it, be hopeful if you were a Giants yeah, fan. Yeah, I mean, obviously, rather than years past, I'd be hopeful for either team. I mean, they're, they're yeah, both no, the Jets too. Honestly, to I'm not. I'm not, not going to lie. Yeah, they're both in positions to completely rebuild, start a new, start anew, and just become better teams. They need to be better teams. The Jets are a star receiver away from a playoff berth. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. No, I no, I would not. Go no, that far. yes. We no, yeah, no, absolutely. You need a healthy Sam Darnold, number one. Well, okay, I'm saying for next season. You also need a with a healthy Sam back. with a healthy yeah. Sam Darnold. The you have Tremaine Johnson, one one cornerback, and Jamal Adams. Okay, okay, you got a safety. What most most teams don't have. I mean, yes, three cornerbacks, yeah, most two teams. They could get back Quinn and Williams. But the teams that dominate, like the Rams, had last okay. year Marcus Peters I didn't and say, to leave. I didn't say they're a star receiver away from a Super Bowl. I said they're a star receiver away from a wild card spot. I, I don't know about that. That Bills team is also on the rise. It's tough. It's, the Bills have a great defense that they already have Let alone building. in that division. They have to play the Patriots twice, and then they have to play the Bills twice now. And the Bills aren't the Bills from a couple years ago. Absolutely A lot not. better. Absolutely so, not. I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, moving on, Antonio Brown has once again for the third time in three shows is on our show. He always seems to find a way. Always seems to find a way. But this way, it wasn't as bad as the previous times. Absolutely he not. makes his first start as a Patriot and catches a touchdown. So, I mean, it's looking up for him now. Helmet issues are behind him, thankfully. His, his beef with Mike Mayock and Gruden are behind him as well. I mean, that's just crazy for a, just to release... Such a prominent player in the NFL. They had to. They yeah, had no. to. I mean, it's headaches. They needed to get rid of that headache. Yeah, no. He- as headaches. much as the Raiders need someone like Antonio Brown, they need to get rid of someone like Antonio Brown as well. And I think the best place for him to land is Bill Belichick's lap. Because that's the only place where his his stuff will go from 100% to 20, because you know Bill Belichick won't take yeah. any of that. No. Absolutely not. To that no point, this is really Antonio Brown's last shot. Because oh, yes. if Bill Belichick and Tom Brady can't make him see straight, then no one else is going to want to take a bite out of Antonio Brown in the future. Not, right no now, shot. Right now he has that path to a ring just in his vision. It's literally not even a mile away. It's He'd not be, even... A meter away, it is a foot away. No, it is so close to him right now with that Patriots team that returns everyone. I mean, what's 
What's from their, their Super Bowl? Their points against to points for. It's like what? Like we ten. we calculated it. Yeah, they, they gave up ten. And what did they score? Seventy six or something yeah, like that. Yeah, crazy. Shut up. The Dolphins p- gave up one hundred and ten <laughs> in yeah. two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. I mean, they also fifty-five. Did play, they did game. play some high-powered offenses, the Patriots and the Ra- Ravens. But if you're a Dolphins fan, this is a good year to hibernate for the football season Absolutely. and just not come back. <laughs> Absolutely. Until February. I mean, at least it's warm down there in Miami. They got one thing going. <laughs> but other than that, I mean. Yeah, no. I mean, Antonio Brown gives a whole different element to this team. They already had Demarius Thomas, and they said, all right, we'll trade him to the rival Jets because we don't really care because we're getting Antonio Brown. It's just like pure dominance every year, in and out. You know, th- I'd be surprised if they weren't in the Super Bowl. It'd be a shame if they weren't in the Super Bowl this year. It's like I said last week. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been so successful, and it's very rare that they've had the best personnel in the league. There was only really one time, like I said last week, is that 2007 season with Randy Moss where they really had the best offensive personnel in the league. Oh, absolutely. This year is a ridiculous offensive roster. I mean, the offensive line is good. Their center was out for a week, but I believe he's back now. That offensive line is one of the best they've ever had. Yeah. The wide receiver depth is absolutely ridiculous. They have a three-headed monster at running back. I mean, yeah, they go by committee, and they have Sony Michelle. What do you like? And James White. What Damian Harris? They have Damian Harris just sitting there on the bench, a kid out of Alabama who could go and make a difference for any NFL team. He's just sitting there. It's just so upsetting from as another, like a different fan from a different team as myself and as all three of us yeah. to see them lose a guy like Gronkowski who's and a Hall of Fame tight end matter. maybe the best tight end of all time and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter it's ridiculous <laughs> they might they might be better now they might be better they now. might be more efficient now with all with, with their all wide their, their wide receiver core, core going, now yeah they have Antonio Brown they have Julian Edelman they have Josh Gordon. It's like they're playing Ultimate Team. <laughs> they have Dorsett. They're just building the best team it's ever. It's so ridiculous. With no salary cap. And Nikhil Harry, this team, this team, I, I could not see them being any better. You cannot get better than how they are unless they threw random people who would never go to the Patriots because then the NFL would turn into the NBA. Especially with the uh, salary cap that it is right now. But... Um, yeah, no. I mean, coming into this season, seeing, I was thinking that they wouldn't have anyone to double team Gronk, and then you get AB and they have to double team him too now. Yeah, so you, you have someone double team. Can't double. No, you can't can. because you have too many guys. Josh Gordon will go over the top. Edelman, Edelman will catch eleven underneath. balls a game. It, it doesn't matter. Josh yeah. Gordon it is the third best receiver on a football team. Matter. That's that's, that's sad. crazy. That shouldn't be a allowed. man who had sixteen hundred receiving yards a couple years ago. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, he's obviously had a couple bumps in the road. Well, but. listen, if they could turn him around, they could make Antonio Brown see straight, too. That's yeah, a team, 100%. That's a team, a front office that absolutely locks stuff up, is not worried about any, taking any stuff from their players. You know, That's a team that is all business, just to, there to win games and win rings, and that's all they've done the past 20 years. Yeah, 100%. I mean, just keep dominating. But... As we talked about briefly, the NFL becoming the NBA, Jalen Ramsey requests a trade away from the Jaguars, but the Jaguars are asking for a high high price to pay with almost it started out as one first rounder and then it moved on to two. So what do you guys think about that with Jalen Ramsey and you know and the NFL coming becoming the NBA? Because I think it's true. I mean Steve Young said it, but we can talk about it too. 
So absolutely. I mean, um, it's sad to see Jalen Ramsey, who I thought would be a a lockdown guy with AJ Boye. Sorry if I botched his name there, but the two of them playing corner for the Jaguars is generally their brightest spot on that team. I think we could all agree on that. Their corners are their brightest spot on their team. Losing a Jalen Ramsey, who did get into that scuffle with head coach Doug Marone, is almost detrimental to that team. They're, they they don't have many bright spots on that offense. No. That defense, besides the D-line, I mean, I don't really... The Telvin Smith, they got a couple bright spots, but their, their building blocks were from those corners. And I could see Jalen Ramsey's frustrations... They absolutely come from not being able to win games. They had, what was it, two years ago? They were an absolute contender. Were they in the AFC Championship They should have beat the Patriots that year. Yeah. They should have been on their way to a Super Bowl. But They would have beat the Patriots if anybody was playing quarterback besides Blake Bortles. And then they lost to the Patriots because he was playing quarterback. Yes, and then they get Nick Foles, who obviously has that injury out six, seven weeks, I believe. Gardner Minshew, who is a guy that I actually very much like. He's a very statement guy, statement heavy guy. Did you hear the report that he mustache. strictly stretches in a jack strap in the locker room? That's a football guy. Strictly, I love to see that. nothing strictly. else. I love seeing that. That's a straight up football <laughs> he wears guy. A jack strap and nothing else, and warms up in the locker room. He's straight football. I mean, he's got the mustache. He's got the look. He's got everything. Absolutely. He's just got to get his game a little up. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean he's still I mean, a rookie. Yeah, but absolutely, he's a rookie. He's. But he's from nice. a good program. Mike Mike Leach's Washington State boys. Yeah. He produces some good football players Obviously. Out, of, out of that program. I mean, what you want as a Jaguars fan is a guy that you can rally behind mm-hmm. with this team, especially mm-hmm. after losing your starting quarterback that you're paying 90 mil for however many years for Nick Foles. To have his have a broken collarbone in the first game is really tough for a team to move on from that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it, and it doesn't help now that Jalen Ramsey is – Requesting for a trade. Yeah, to circle back to our NBA NFL comparison, I mean, it really starts with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick wanting to go to a contender, which, I mean, if I was in his position, I don't blame him. Yeah, no, He's I don't on a blame team him. that's purposely, quote unquote, tanking to get that number one spot this year. I mean, they were coming in, they knew they weren't going to be, they were going to be a bottom five team in the league, but lo- losing hope and trading all of your bright spots on your team is not a way to go. It, I mean, the I mean, NFL yeah. is a team game. You need as many competitors out there, c- players out there as you can. I mean, you got eleven guys on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. You got twenty-two they guys need on to the work field together. It's not just. I mean, it's not like the NBA. It doesn't work like that. You Absolutely. don't have five guys on the floor. You take out, I don't know, some you know, average player, trade for Anthony Davis, and put him with LeBron, and then you make a superstar team in two seconds. Hmm. It doesn't even work like that. And they're like players are starting to try to do that. It started with Antonio Brown asking for like wanting to be released. It's just I think the whole point of Steve Young, as we saw, was that the NFL didn't used to be like this. You were if you were on a bad team, you worked to get better. You didn't want to go and just win somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what's happening now. And you, they're just players are just pushing their ways out of organizations because they're just you know being sometimes most of the time being dramatic about it. And just not wanting to play at all. I mean, look at teams like the Bears, uh, who went from a team who had no hope in winning the NFC North to winning the NFC North. There, you gotta. The NFL is all about time. You give it time, your team gets better. 
You need that progression. That's what the NFL is all about. There's 11 guys. Not one of them is going to make or break your season, but working together will make or break your season. You, it, it's a progression game. That's all I could say. That's no, all, it's I don't all know about, how to put it into It's all about build. It's all words. about draft picks. It's all about, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the draft picks and trading for players, but that's only when you want to trade them. But teams aren't even going the option, like going the way they used to, where you would just trade a player if you needed picks rather than the player coming to you and just wanting a trade and you just get picks because of that. You lose one of your best players. For the Jaguars to lose Jalen Adams, I mean, uh, Jalen Ramsey right now isn't so big, but in the f- there he was their future for a little bit of time. And it kind of ruins the whole dynamic of the NFL. I mean, it's really a hope league. There's plenty of teams at the bottom of the barrel where you know you're not doing anything this year, but the fan base can always say, well, give us three years and we'll be at the top. I mean, if players keep wanting to go to the Chiefs every year, is it just going to be the Chiefs and the Patriots or the top teams for 20 more years? Yeah, no, it's going to be like the like, the Warriors and ruined, the Cavs for another ru- four years. It just ruins the whole dynamic of the league. I mean, it really does. A good example right now is the Bills. A good example exactly. is the Bills. 100%. They are building right now. They are absolutely building, and I love to see It's exciting that when teams that were previously bad or historically bad become good and, and entertaining to watch, like the Cleveland the Browns. About. That that's, is what the NFL is about. It's a hope league. Exactly. I mean, so we'll take a quick break. We're about at a little bit more than the halfway point. Here on WHUS Stores 91.7, as a reminder, you're listening to Fire Football Radio. Uh, if, you did, if you missed the n- number for the call-in before, it is 860-486-9487. As a reminder, 860 486- Four eight six nine four eight seven. We'll be back in a couple minutes. We'll play some music and we'll be right back.
Welcome back to Fire Football Radio. Myself, Matt McGrath, Luigi Coppola Jr., and Zach Schmola here in the store's studio giving you the latest news on football across the NFL. Uh, so we talked about a little bit about um, some of our topics earlier. We have a caller actually right now, so we'll probably we're going to try to take him in one second. So... Caller number two, can you hear us? Hey, how's it going? Um, I'm, my name's Fleek. I'm calling from Coventry, Connecticut. And I wanted to ask a few questions about um, Odell Beckham Jr. He's, he's, wearing a, he's been wearing a Rolex watch in the game. And I'm not sure I stand for that. You know, back in my day, everybody played the game the way it's supposed to be played. And right now, I don't know if he's following the rules. You don't think so, Mr. Fleek? You know, it takes away a little bit of the grit and toughness of the game when you're going to wear a watch during the game. Like, they got clocks all over the field. Now, personally, would you would you wear a $2 million watch if you could while you were playing? I would never. Why not? My daddy would whip me if I did that. <laughs> you would think, you think so? You know, Odell Beckham is a great player. But he's been making some tough decisions. In what way? Just the watches, you know, always blabbing about something. So you don't so you just don't like his whole look you and know, his whole persona, or do you do you, you know, do you enjoy the way he plays? I enjoy the way he plays, but these damn watches, I do not like that. No. What do you guys think about the watches? Um it's an interesting interesting twist to the character of Odell Beckham Jr. that has been created throughout also, this. Also, I want to get your take on the equal pay of the WNBA. <laughs> well, we'd only talk about football, so if you want to call in or you know contact us at a different time, we'll easily take that, pay Mr. Women, Fleet. Mr. All right, well, let's talk about UConn football then. All right, you want to talk about UConn football? Let's talk about UConn football. It is football. Well, where do we begin? I mean, what's the, what's the damn problem? They can't win games. <laughs> they don't have any. They don't have a good team. That it's recruiting and all that. So, I mean, other than that, I will say personally, Mister Fleek, that I think they need to recruit more in the state of Connecticut. I think. Well, let's just say you were the athletic director. What steps would y'all take to rebuilding this program? What would you take, Luigi? What do you think? You got to somehow market UConn as a place to be. I mean, give them this dream of becoming a great football team. I think we have some pieces on our team right now, like our defensive line, that are bright so far. In some places, we could definitely improve. We have a bunch of young guys. I think there's definitely looking up for UConn football, but I think recruitment needs to be carried more heavily. I think maybe we should change the mascot. You think we should change the entire Husky mascot? 
What would you What would you suggest we change it to? I'm thinking the old one was better. <laughs> the the old one. Which old one? The fluffy the one. First, the very first man. Oh, the very first one. Is that back in the day? That's what it, what you experienced at UConn. It was pretty much just a sock. Great. <laughs> so you like the one now then? All right, well, we appreciate you, Mr. Flea, for calling in. So call in All next right. week if you if you want to, or if not, it'll be fine. So we'll All see right, you. you we'll see you again. Much. Yeah, no problem. What a character! What a character! What a Mr. character, Fleek. Mr. Fleek! What an absolute character! But I mean, we we talked about football in some aspect in that in that. In that. Yeah, it was in there. <laughs> it was I, in I, there will, somewhere. I will bring back up the point of the Odell Beckham. It Jr. was just watch. hidden. It is completely just about his character. He likes to be out there. He likes to be the forefront of the news, you know. He has to compete with Antonio Brown, who's been ahead of the news for, what, maybe the past month with all the things going on with him. So yeah. Odell needs to stand out. And you know what? I don't blame him for wearing the watch. He wants to be his own character. He wants to be his own guy. If that's how you think you're going to stand out amongst the rest then that's fine. I think your plays should make you stand out amongst the rest, and I don't think wearing a $2.02 million watch is what you really need to do. No, definitely not. I mean, well, I mean, we'll see more of Odell Beckham Jr. He had a great week, 161 yards and a touchdown. One of the a great catch too at this in the same spot at, at MetLife yeah, that he had with Odell. the Giants. Yeah, shout Absolutely. out Odell. I mean, I st- my fantasy team. I still like him. I mean, as a Giants fan, it's tough. He gave us a lot more problems than he's given the Browns right now, but we'll see in, t- in due time. But, Zach, it is time for just the tips for fantasy, so let's hear it. Thank you very much, Matt. Welcome back to Just the Tips, all the tips you'll ever need for your fantasy football roster. Let's get started with my love list for this week. First up on the love list, Emmanuel Sanders versus the Green Bay Packers. First game, he had five receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Game two had 11 receptions, 98 yards, and another touchdown. This is the brightest spot on that meek Denver Broncos offense is the Joe Flacco-Emmanuel Sanders connection. Look for him to have a lot of targets, a lot of receptions, and a lot of yards against a good Green Bay Packers defense in Week 3. Love list number two, James Washington versus the 49ers this week. He had 35 touchdowns, 200 receptions, 4,200 yards, and 42 games in four seasons in college with none other than his new quarterback, Mason Rudolph. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. He's had four receptions and 74 yards this season with Ben Roethlisberger, but he had a pretty decent season last year, and he was expected to have an up upward season okay. this year. Yeah, definitely. Now that Mason Rudolph is in, look for James Washington to have a big week three and a big rest of the season. Love number four, or number three, Mark Andrews versus the Chiefs. This is going to be Lamar Jackson's first major defense that he's going against. Look for Mark Andrews to be a consistent target for him in the slot. Game one, he had eight receptions, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Game two, eight receptions, 112 yards, and one touchdown. That's pretty much as consistent as you could possibly oh, be. Back-to-back 100-yard young, games with young touchdowns? sophomore quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Love number four, Dak Prescott versus the Dolphins. If you have Dak Dak Prescott, you're playing him no matter what week it is, but against the Dolphins. I mean, he's had 674 yards and seven touchdowns in the first two games. The Dolphins have let up 102 points in the past two games, and they've also lost one of their best players overall on their team, Minka Fitzpatrick. Look for Dak Prescott to give you over 25 points in ESPN leagues. Yeah, he's played real well. 
And the final love of the week, Aaron Jones versus the Broncos. Coming off a breakout game, 23 carries, 116 yards rushing, one touchdown rushing, and four receptions for 34 yards. The last time someone had 23 carries this season against the Broncos, it was Josh Jacobs in week one. He had 85 yards rushing, two touchdowns rushing, as well as 28 yards receiving. So look for a big stat line from Aaron Jones against the Broncos. What happened to the Broncos' rush defense? It went away. <laughs> Their interior is tough. Their edge rushing is not. Oh yeah, horrible. Chubb and Miller, Actually, but I, yes, but. it's hard for me to watch. Yeah, no, I mean they used to be a staple it doesn't help on that, defense. It doesn't help that Todd Davis is hurt. I believe he's coming back either this week or the next week. But I mean they're at too low of a point for Todd Davis to make much of an impact. No, nah, I mean it's still early, man. Like I know they went. Oh, what are they own two so far, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's still early. I mean, I'm not saying that like the Giants are just going to turn around an 0-2 record with Daniel Jones and win a Super Bowl, but you know, it, it definitely is still early. There are 0-2 teams who make the playoffs, so I mean, we'll see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. So, All right, moving on to the hate list. we got five hates for the week. Hate number one, George Kittle versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has not been playing too well this season. Game one, he had eight receptions for 54 yards. In game two, his productivity decreased. Three receptions, 54 yards. Obviously, he struggled the first two games, and he'll be going against probably what is his best defense he's faced this season. A Steelers defense that got even stronger this week when they picked up Minka Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins. Look for George Kittle to continue his struggles in week three versus the Steelers. Hate number two, Lamar Jackson versus the Chiefs. I did have... Mark Andrews on my love list. I do think he'll be a consistent outlet for Lamar Jackson. I do think Lamar Jackson's going to struggle overall besides throwing the ball to Mark Andrews. This is his first real defense that he's played this season and his first real team overall. Patrick Mahomes is going to perform offensively no matter what, putting pressure on the young quarterback. And Chris Jones and Fred Frank Clark off the edge is going to give him a rough time in the pocket. Look for Lamar Jackson to have his first struggles of the season in Week 3 versus the Chiefs. Hate number three, Josh Gordon versus the Jets. Game one, he had three receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown. Good fantasy production, but it was all reliant on that one touchdown. Game two, he decreased to two receptions and 19 yards. His receptions decreased and are going to continue to decrease since the addition of Antonio Brown as he's stuck in a sort of committee for the third receiving option amongst Philip Dorsett, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle, James White, and all of the tight ends that they use in their committee. Look for a poor performance once again from Josh Gordon. Minimal receptions, minimal yards in Week 3 versus the Jets. I mean, it's just tough, though, Like for him to be... He's outshined by so many different receivers in there where he used to be one of the top receivers in the league. And then he came into last year probably being, what, the second or third guy, and he was going to start you know, for the Patriots, which he did, and then he ended up going to rehab for that uh, time towards the end of the season and missed the Super Bowl. And then he came back this year and... You know, it's just tough now with Antonio Brown and so many of those other options you mentioned. He might be a good guy to move around, you know, get the Patriots something even better that they will somehow use. Yeah, well. no, I mean, they have an, it's, it's better for them to have more than enough weapons than have none, so. Exactly. Moving on to hate number four, TJ Hawkinson versus the Eagles. I know I had him on my love list for week one, and he ended up proving to be one of my biggest wins that week, but this week I got him on the hate list. He's coming off a one-reception, seven-yard game last week, and Stafford is currently throwing 22.9% of his passes as uncatchable passes. I know we mentioned that stat before with Mitchell Trubisky. That's bad for a quarterback to be throwing. It's still bad. Nearly a quarter of his passes are uncatchable. TJ Hawkinson's going to struggle against a very good Eagles defense and a very good Eagles team 
top to bottom. Yeah, definitely. And finally, our last hate of the week, Jarvis Landry versus the Rams. Ever since the addition of Odell Beckham Jr., his productivity has been poor. Game 1, he had four receptions for 67 yards receiving and 10 yards rushing. In Game 2, he had three receptions for 32 yards. He's going against a loaded Rams defense, and he's going to continue a downward spiral for his fantasy stock ever since the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. Do not look for Jarvis Landry to do anything significant this week against the Los Angeles Rams. You know, going off that, I mean, it's tough. I know it's tough. I know it's nice having your boy. And I, I know they were friends and roommates in college and have been friends with the NFL. And when they were early on in their careers, both mentioned that it would be great if they could play together, you know, in the NFL someday. But now he's going to get outshined no matter what. He was a star in, in uh, Miami, but not so more. You know, he's kind of under the rug. He's still productive. That kid catches everything. Absolutely. Because, you know, he's had, he w- I think he was the fastest to what, 400 receptions or something like that? Yeah, but ever. he was the star receiver on my end. Yeah, I, I mean, forget. he was the main guy they were throwing to. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I, I think I might disagree with the hate of Jarvis Landry. Really? I think double coverage on Odell will be a very prominent thing against the Rams. And I think with Njoku out, Baker's got to throw it somewhere, doesn't he? And I think Jarvis Landry will be a good outlet. That's the one thing I'll give him is the David Njoku injury, but. The lack of production thus far. Yes, he, he is. Whether it's a lack of him getting open or a lack of trust by the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, it has not been a good start of, to the season for Jarvis Landry. No, I mean, they still got to work stuff out. He was there last year, so he's got more under his belt with Baker than uh, than he did with uh, the Browns. But, I mean, than he did with uh, Odell for Baker. But, I mean, we'll see how it goes. So that is Zach's Just for the Tips. Take it as you please. And thanks for stopping by. <laughs> and we'll move on to our picks for the week. We did not get to the picks in week one, me and Zach, but in week two, my record is currently 9-7 and seven for picks, and Zach's is 10-6. and six. So a winning record, but not too far off from 500. So we'll try to do better this week. So start, and obviously we'll add Luigi into it as well, because since Luigi, this is his first time with us, so we'll keep a record of that as we go as well. So week three, Thursday night, 8-20. Titans 1-1, one one, two-point two favorites against the Jaguars 0-2. Personally, I will take the Titans. I'm taking the Titans as well, Matt. I'm taking the Jaguars. I think my boy Gardner Minshew is going to have a game. I mean, I guess we'll find out. It is, a, it is a home game for them, a night game. You know, probably getting some fire under their belt after the uh, the whole Jalen Ramsey thing. So I could see that. But I'm going to take the Titans. They They... Played very well in week one. Played very poorly last week against the Colts. And I hope they bounce back. But moving on, starting on Sunday, first game, 1 o'clock. Raiders 1-1 one and one at Vikings 1-1. One and one. The Vikings are 8.5-point favorites. I will take the Vikings. I think we're all taking the Vikings. Absolutely. I mean, how do you not take the Vikings? No, the past know. couple of weeks, the Vikings' offense has looked very good, which is something they have not been able to achieve Especially recently. No, in the Dalvin run game. Cook. He's Kirk the Cousins. NFL in rushing oh, yeah. yards. Kirk right Cousins now. has not looked good. No, the run game has looked beautiful. The run beautiful. game, their offensive line has been producing impeccably for the number one rusher in the league right now, who is Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I mean, against the Raiders' defense, who, I don't know. I don't know how much they're going to do to stop the run. I'm not going to lie to you. I think we could see a scenario by the end of the season where we have three NFC North teams in the playoffs. I wouldn't doubt it. Would not doubt it. I would not bet against Vikings, it. Bears, not. Packers, Vikings. Packers, Absolutely Bears. Not. That, Packer, oh, that Packers defense Playing well right now, now, man. As long we'll as Mitchell Trubisky can figure out how to throw the ball to his own color uniform. Yes. But. yes. 
<laughs> Other than that. I mean, the Vikings have a great defense, too. Mm-hmm. Rushing, defense. Could win a championship. We'll see, we'll, we'll see how it, see how it turns out. Second game at one o'clock. Ravens two and zero at the Chiefs two and zero. Chiefs are six and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs as well. Yeah, bet you wouldn't guess this one. I'm taking the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson has a fire under his butt right now. People were calling him just a running back in the beginning of the season. And I don't know about most of you guys, but if someone was telling me that I was the opposite of what I was. And was driving that into my brain and saying that I couldn't do what my employers told me to do, I would want to work harder. I would want to beat everyone. I would want to go against everyone. And I think he's building this connection with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. And I think this week is his first staple win on a road to a great playoff road. Yeah, no, I mean, he's obviously played much better than people expected. And Hollywood Brown, that's huge for Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. Honestly, he played phenomenally at Oklahoma and then came into the league and people were kind of you know weary about him because he was small he's about 5'8 not even I think he's 170 pounds really small but super fast great hands great route runner very productive catches for 86 yards this week too not an impeccable game but a productive game for Lamar Jackson but then needed some help and in week one he had 150 yards for two two touchdowns right off of four receptions yeah four receptions only like 14 snaps yeah Yeah, I think he I think he broke a record where in his first game he had uh, forty plus yards for a catch for two two of them. Yeah. So, yep. but moving on, one o'clock Falcons one and one at the Colts one and one uh, one and a half point favorites to the Colts. I'm taking the Falcons. I'm taking the Colts, Matt. And I'm going with the Falcons. That offense is on a roll, I believe. Why are you taking the Colts? Well, like we were discussing over the break, uh, T.Y. Hilton's currently tied for most touchdowns receiving in the league. Jacoby Brissett loves throwing the ball to T.Y. Hilton. And I'm not going to lie to you, clearly you're never going to be able to replace quickly an all-time talent like Andrew Luck. But if you were going to replace an all-time talent like Andrew Luck, I would replace him with an all-around quarterback like Jacoby Brissett who can extend plays and make accurate throws. 100% agree. Especially to one of the top-tier wide receivers in the league, T.Y. Hilton. I agree, but I think the Falcons are going to come out with it. They played very well against the Eagles last week, and I think they're going to play well again in Indianapolis. Uh, next game, these actually next two games will be pretty easy to breeze through. 1 o'clock, Jets 0-2 at the Patriots, 2-0. and Patriots are 23-point favorites. I'm taking the Pats. It, yeah, Pats. Pats. It's, it's just easy it, at this point. We Steam, talked about them roll. too much. Let's just move on. Steam, honestly. roll. Next game, 1 o'clock, Dolphins 0-2 at the Cowboys 2-0. 21.5-point favorites of the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll be happy if Dak makes my fantasy team win. That'd yeah, cool. that's one of those games you just close your eyes and... Think that they're going to win by 30. <laughs> yes, absolutely, they will. I, yeah, you don't watch that game. That's no. a slaughter. But next game, 1 o'clock, Broncos 0-2 at the Packers 2-0. Packers are 7.5-point favorites. Packers for me. I'm going to take the Packers. I mean, that defense just too good. Yeah. I'm going to take the Broncos. I mean, we kind of saw that coming. Well, just because team. I can. <laughs> um, like I said before, I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to have a th- another productive week three in a row. That Joe Flacco-Emmanuel Sanders connection is good. Phillip Lindsay needs to step up his game, get back to his form. He was in his rookie season where he had a 1,000 yards rushing. Um, we're getting... Our linebacker back that I'm blanking on his name. 
Marshall? Nope. Todd Davis. Todd Davis. Getting Todd right. Davis back. Hopefully Marshall that'll help. And he's in Oakland now. He was. Was he really? Is he Marshall? St- yeah. Is he on yeah, he's not in the Broncos. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. And Good for him. Bradley Chubb and Von <laughs> Miller need to pick it up. But if everything goes the way I hope it does, Broncos over the Packers. All right. So when next game, one o'clock, Bengals zero and two at the Bills two and zero. Bills are six point favorites. Bills for me. Bills for me as well. The undefeated Bills. I will take them the as well. Undefeated Bills, three and zero in the AFC East. Not something wow. we really expected coming in, but we'll move on with that. One o'clock, final one o'clock game. Lions one zero and one with that tie against uh, the Cardinals in Week One at the Eagles, who are one and one coming off a loss against the Falcons. Are six and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles as well. That front also seven's way too good. Also taking those Eagles. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. First four o'clock game. Panthers zero and two. Two two and a half point favorites at the Cardinals. Zero one and one. I'm taking the Panthers. I'm Cardinals. Can might not even play. So I think I'm taking the Cardinals as well. I think they steal their first win here. They've had they've been very productive on the D line, getting a lot of sacks. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray might have a good game. He's been throwing the ball a lot to reliable Larry Fitz. I think they steal a game here. We'll see how it goes. Second 4 o'clock game, Giants 0-2, starting Daniel Jones at the Buccaneers 1-1. Bucks are 6.5-point favorites into this game. I have to take the Giants. It's pretty self-explanatory, and we're moving on with that. So what are you guys taking? I'm taking the Giants as well. I think it's realistic that Danny Dimes gets his first win here, steals it from the Bucks. I think he doesn't get his first win until he goes back home. I think the Buccaneers are going to beat the Giants. No, that's a fair point. That's what I said earlier. You know, it'd be more comfortable if he was at home. But 425, Steelers 0-2 at the 49ers, 2-0, six and a half point favorites to the 49ers. I'm taking the 49ers. I am taking my boys, the 49ers. I'm taking the Steelers on the assumption that Mason Rudolph has a good game. This defense is very good, and it just got better with the addition of first-rounder Mika Fitzpatrick. All right. 425 Saints, 1-1 one one at Seahawks, 2-0, four-point favorites to the Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks as well, Matt. I'm going to take the Saints. I think that two-quarterback system might even uh, pan out a little bit there. You love that two quarterbacks, huh? I don't know. I, I, I'm a Tyson Hill guy. I like <laughs> we'll see. Hill. Sorry. I guess we'll see how it go. We got one more minute, so we'll go through these last three games pretty quickly. 425, Texans 1-1 one and one at Chargers 1-1. One and one. Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I take the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers as well. Austin Eckler's been too good. I think the Texans steal it away game. D-Hop and Deshaun Watson, I love to watch them work. Sunday night, eight twenty. Rams two and zero, three and a half, three point favorites at the Browns one and one. I'm taking the Rams. I'm taking the Rams as well. And surprisingly, I'm taking the Browns. I think that that offense pops off for their first win. We'll see how it goes. Monday night, eight fifteen. Bears one and one at at the Redskins zero and two. Bears are four point favorites. Bears for me. Bears for me. Bears all the way. And there we have.